Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. This Spiritual Fix presents TSF Shorts. A potluck of preludes between episodes. Hello, TSF family, and welcome to this short in which today we are going to be talking about synchronicities, a feng shui follow-up, and bodies on mountains. Hello, Anna. Hey, Christina. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm on one of those lazy winter days. Yeah, I just woke up from a nap. So I totally get that. Yes. And next week we begin, is it next week we begin the yes. primal wounds again? We do. Which will be an intense roller coaster if you've not been on it yet. Yes. And I'm it's been really fascinating to redo the like to not redo, but like to add to the original episodes, um, almost as long as the original episodes were in a lot of the cases. And I feel like we've learned a lot and there's a lot of, it's a new evolution of what those primal ones are going to be about. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are we talking about on today's short, Christina? We are talking about something that resonates with you that you are checking and testing about. And I wanted to give an episode an update on all of my feng shui activities since the interview that we did, we did it about a month ago, uh, but it's just aired last week for with Dame Marie Diamond. So, Anna, first, yeah, tell you want to, yeah, you, you, oh. you go first. <laughs> you go first. No, you, please. No, you, no, you. <laughs> okay. Well, I came across this little reel on Instagram by, by someone named Jesse Gittler, jgiddy32. And it said, you know, do this exercise and your synchronicities will go crazy. And I've been doing it and I haven't necessarily noticed any like synchronicities, but it just is so fun and it feels so good and I love it. And it reminds me a lot of how you struggle with, you know, hating your future self and your past self and like being at war with it. And this is something that I feel like we could do we we do a lot, maybe a lot of us do it a lot, but not so consciously. And so it's like a really fun conscious exercise and I've been playing with it and I've been loving it. So tell me, have you, did you watch the video I sent I you? I did watch it. I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. So basically what he says is like, put yourself in like a meditative state in a trance state of some sort, and then see yourself doing something that you know you're absolutely going to do. Like, for example, it doesn't have to be a manifestation like I'm going to win the lottery or I'm going to buy that car, but like something you know you're going to definitely do. Like I know for sure, without a doubt, that I am going to drive to pick up my kids today, you know, 
for example, or um, you could say, you know, I'm going to the post office to drop off this box or you, Christina, you're going to take a nap after this. You're going to wake up. So you see yourself exactly as you will be in the future, like the clothes you're wearing, like everything that you know is going to happen with certainty. Obviously, like there's a tornado or a flood or a car accident. It's not going to happen, but most likely it's going to happen, right? You see it happening and then you send all this love and gratitude to your future self for getting you there safely and accomplishing this goal safely and you thank them. And then what you also do is when you do get there and it happens, you look back on yourself and you thank the part of you that saw it happening already and you thank them for being part of getting you here safely and being part of the goal process and getting you here and all that. It's a great way to expand gratitude and love for your different multidimensional selves. And he says synchronicities will happen. I haven't noticed that yet, but I have been doing it. And it just feels really, 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 really good. It's like this, it feels like a big embrace or kiss between my future self and my past self. Like kind of like when I say, oh, I like to like clean my kitchen before I go to bed. So when I wake up in the morning, future Anna's like, thanks last night, Anna, for cleaning the kitchen. Cause I don't always do it or whatever, or like, you know, meal prep in the morning. And then in the evening, I'm like, oh, thanks morning, Anna. You, you let evening Anna have a break from dinner prep, but this is like a little bit more, um, taking more time and more love with it. And it, it just, it's been fun. I really like it. That's really beautiful. I feel like it also has a, a level of it that's like using the, you know, pro athlete or advanced manifester idea of like, if you just imagine everything happening, you know, like how pro athletes imagine themselves winning the race. It's like that. So you're kind of not only expanding your gratitude, but you're also kind of visualizing and moving yourself on a path of the dimension in which everything goes great it's yeah yeah you know what I'm saying yeah yeah like you're putting yourself on a successful timeline but then another thing that could be happening and this is one reason why I think it's important not to lie is like when you don't lie a lot then when you say I'm going to do x y or z everything about your reality is like she is because this person doesn't lie right whereas when you're a compulsive liar and you lie a lot and then you're like i'm gonna do this they're like yeah 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 you don't always do the shit you say you're gonna do right so you, and i wouldn't you say keep you in- have to be a compulsive liar to do that i think that sometimes you may just be a little <laughs> bit delusional about what you can accomplish <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? maybe but but there's some people liar. who well not compulsive liar but there's some people who constantly we all know someone who constantly embellishes the truth or doesn't tell the full truth and then when they're like i'm gonna get this done you're like really uh, right. i don't know if the world universe supports that but maybe by doing this practice also you're like strengthening that muscle that sees you accomplishing stuff and there are little things like the post office and then when you see yourself doing the big things the whole world and your whole reality is like yeah she can do it we 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 do this is what we do right Right. I get it. So you're basically saying that there's like, I mean, cause I think that's one of the things that like people who struggle to complete stuff or struggle to get done their dreams or things like that is that they aren't actually lying to themselves consciously. They really want to do it. And to your point, like that's one of the things that people say is like, make it as small as possible so that you actually start to trust yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. That's why micro habits are so effective. Cause it's like, 
I'm just going to write a sentence. And then maybe you end up writing more, but if you like, if you go like, I'm going to go write a whole paragraph or I'm going to finish this section, if you're a writer, for instance, and you don't do it, then you start to lose faith in yourself to be able to Mm -hmm. do it. And this is, you're kind of saying, I feel like that this contributes to that. Like this contributes to this idea of trusting yourself and also, um, and, and making it so that, that you have uh, a fulfillment of the, the path of which you're looking. There's a part mm-hmm. of me that I wonder about this. This is what mm-hmm. I was thinking when you were saying this, for one thing, I like that it can't, it's not just about safely getting somewhere, right? Like that might be your most important thing, but it's not necessarily about safely getting somewhere. It could just be about accomplishing something or doing something, or even just like being in the moment and being like, like for me right now, like, I don't care about what I look like when I get up, but I just want to have the most restful space and feel refreshed when I wake up. So it's, it's less about like a visualization and more about like a feeling that I want to have this afternoon when I have a nap, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if you can expand it to different senses, like, cause I'm not as strong a visual as I am in feeling, um, and not even emotions, just like kind of a feeling of just like little or like tactile feeling. You know what I'm saying? Do you think you could you could expand it to yeah, different senses? Of course. Probably you could play with all of them and that would be a good one, you know, exercise the different muscles. I didn't even think of that. I'm strong visual like when I imagine things, it's strong visually. So that's why I've been doing it visually, but probably any form of reality. Yeah. And then not only that, there's a part of me that wonders too, if you were to vary the if you were to vary the sense, then also you may be letting the universe come in with like that magical, whatever, you know what I mean? Like that, that stuff that we can't possibly think of the good stuff that that we can't possibly think of. Um, like, uh, the example is my family just did the, um, the 13 things that we want. So we all just, we all wrote down lists of like 13 things. So all four of us did. And for 12 nights, we burnt pieces of paper that had numbers on them that correlated to our list. And the 13th thing was the thing that we are responsible for doing, but the universe takes care of all the rest. Oh, wait, tell me about that again. Yeah. So it's, it's like a, it's a common kind of Yule Christmassy thing that some people do for manifesting in the new year. And you can add all sorts of levels of complexity. What we did was we wrote down 13 things that we wanted. So my kids had anything from, we want a whole bunch of slime to, they want laptops or Minecraft setups or um, to go travel places. Like they both want to go to Dallas, Texas. Don't ask me why. Sorry, people from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I just don't quite understand that having been to Dallas before. I'm sure it's a lovely place. Things like that. And then um, and then we numbered them one through 13. And then we basically put, I put all the numbers into a bowl. And every night we took uh, somebody picked a number out of the bowl and we burnt it because the thing that was burnt was what the universe was going to take care of. And so at the end of the 12 days, there was one number left. And that was the one that we were in charge of doing. And the universe was going to do the other 12. My daughter was joking with me this morning because she's like, I mean, we literally picked the hardest one. Like we all got the hardest one that was on our list, right? So my (laughs) son has to try and get a laptop. And so now my kids, my kids um, are homeschooled. And so they're devising a, um, a company because they have so much slime that they're going to start selling slime at the farmer's markets. And they might start to sell them on like Etsy or something like, you know, like kind of locally that they're going to save up for a laptop 
for my son. And then my daughter's was that she's going to go to a Taylor Swift concert. And she's like, mom, seriously, like, she's like, mama, how am I supposed to do that? Like, I don't even understand how I'm supposed to do that. My husband's is that um, he's going to help my daughter not have headaches anymore, which was interesting because it was something on both of my husband and I's list because she gets headaches quite a bit. And so it was just one of those things where like, it was funny that we put them on different numbers. So he's now responsible for doing that. And then mine uh, <laughs> is the hardest, which is that by the end of the year, 60% of my income is going to be passive. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like out of all of them. like Yeah, you all picked the hardest ones. We all picked the hardest ones. Although we have a Luke's, whole year to do it. I feel like Luke probably had a lot more harder ones on his list. No. He did have a lot of harder ones, but I think that the thing with, with my daughter's headaches is that they're so like, at first we got them to go away for months because we just had her drinking more water. But now we think it has to do with something with like, she gets neck pain and stuff like that. And we're just like, maybe it has to do something with like, you know, her having really loose hypermobilized joints like I do. Um, you know, it's, so it's like more of a mystery, like hers is a mystery, whereas like a laptop you know, just earn $250 and you can go get a, you know, PC laptop and get whatever you want sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, and then the Taylor Swift one, that also feels like almost impossible, but you never know. Right. So she's just like in charge. How of much are Taylor Swift concert like $2, tickets? $2,000 dollars and like impossible to get. Yeah. Like they're really expensive, really hard to well, get. Maybe someone listening to this in the States anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe someone listening to this show will like anonymously send you some. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, we saw the Eras tour concert. We spent three and a half hours of our life doing that. Isn't that good enough? And I'll, 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 I'll get it for you on, on TV. Like, you know, there's like yeah. a TV version of it. Anyway, maybe but- you can put on a concert for her. Her birthday. Something. I feel like she would so not be content. No, with no, that. no. Like, like, like an outdoor screen or something. Not you. Yeah, yeah. Even that, she would be like, "Mama, no, like, no, that's not good enough." Um, but it's funny because the, I, I bring it up because it's an example of twelve. If, if twelve out of the thirteen things the universe takes care of, then. Um, I feel like that's a wonderful thing. And I also feel like, honestly, like I, I know somebody else who did it and them and their partner both chose the exact same thing, even though they had different numbers and they were all picking different things throughout that time. And it was amazing. What was it? It was, or is um, it private? It's kind of like, I'll, I'll, I can kind of change it. It was basically like something like, imagine like I deserve money, like always having trouble with money. And they picked you're responsible for like, earning money. Like, it's not just going to come to you. Like you need to like, but it was interesting because all they needed to do in that respect was basically say, I deserve money. And because they just said, I deserve money literally within like a day or two, um, the universe provided them with, a, a, a something to happen, which was like pretty amazing. Like basically provided them with money, provided them with a job offer did like just did so many different things happen within days of like making the declaration. It's less about, it was less about picking it. And it was more about making the declaration to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take the steps to do this. So it's really interesting. Very interesting. So now I have to make the declaration. I declare that I will have 60% passive income by the end of the year. Okay, so I wanted to give you guys an update on the feng shui that I've done in my yes, life. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Things. So 
as soon as we interviewed Dame Marie Diamond last, uh, last decision, we did it in the middle of December and it will be airing now, uh, in the first week of January. I basically was like, I have bad earth luck, right? So when you hear that interview, you will hear that she talks about the, I asked her a question about the three different types of luck. There's the heavenly luck, there's the human luck, and there's the earth luck. The heavenly luck is like what you're born with. It's like your nature. The human luck is like uh, what your mindset is. And then the earth luck is the surroundings and the environment in which you have. And that a lot of people can be really, really have be very lucky and privileged in life for their heavenly luck and they can have really great mindsets, but they may still be stuck. And it has a lot to do with their earth luck, which is basically that everything that you have in your space is affecting the energy or the luck or whatever it is that's able to come to you in the flow of chi in your life. And that if you recognize that reflection, then you can actually do a lot of really good things. So I basically over the holidays went through a huge clearing of this space. I moved my office out into a playroom. So I have like a special separate space so that my kids and my husband can do their homeschooling thing inside the house without having to worry about being quiet during my sessions. And I just did so many different things. Like I'll give you an example. And this is a lot of this comes from my own training, but a lot of some of this stuff comes from, from Dame Marie Diamond. One of the things she says is that the bedroom, the bedroom needs to be, um, like not blue and not have water in it because that makes it too emotional and it kind of like kills the fire of what's happening. And so we are, my bedroom is blue, but we weren't going to repaint it because it took two and a half years just to repaint it in the first place. So uh, we took down uh, a picture that I had in there of the beach and I basically added this uh, art quilt that I got that has these two lovers and it's like right above the bed. Um, and then I also put, um, the medicine Buddha that I have, which is like one of my most sacred things in there as well. Um, because that was what resonated in the success area of that. And then in the corner where it was my, my relationships corner, based on what Dame Marie Diamond said, I put two beautiful plants and a picture of my husband and I, when we got married and then in his corner, uh, his relationships corner, we have like two, um, uh, chairs that are side by side that are like, we're going to get like a love seat there so that it like has to do with like communing and like being in a space together and like having like a little reading corner in the corner of our room. So that's just like some of the stuff we did in that room, but mostly just clearing it out has made such a massive, massive difference. Like moving around in the furniture of- in terms of just, I feel like I have a schedule horizon again. I feel like I can actually look a year or two in advance and like actually make plans for those things which is genuinely the first time I've ever felt that. And if I had to correlate that with neurodivergence, the amount of clutter in my house was making me visually overstimulated. And as a result, I like could I, I couldn't even consider more than a week in advance because I was just so overwhelmed by everything that needed to be done. So where did you put the clutter then? I mean, I obviously you did the cures, cures meaning the feng shui placements of the, the yeah. little items, but like what what did you do with the clutter? Uh, what clutter was it? It was clutter like, because basically what happened was that my husband did a whole decluttering exercise and he put everything out into this room that I'm in now. And then I was like, we're going to, I have to move into that room. And so then he moved it all back into our bedroom and it drove me crazy because it basically like, it was like containers filled with lids, unmatched lids for, for huge bins. And, you know, just 
like just doom boxes. It was filled with doom boxes. So neurodivergent doom boxes where it was just like a whole bunch of random crap that was decluttered and it was all just sitting in our room and it just felt amazing once we cleared it out and then we did all the clear and so it's, it's hard to attribute whether it's the cures or the other things but i can definitely say that like my appreciation for my husband has just grown monumentally in since i've done this other cures that i've done is i have a wait 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 i got one more question about yeah. the clutter yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you, did you, did you purge it or did you sort it? Like what did, what, what did we you got do? rid of a lot of it? A lot of it okay. we put underneath the house because like unmatched, you know, lids and things like that, because the, the bottoms of the bins are somewhere. We just have to find them. And it just ha so happened that the lids ended up somewhere and we always ended up needing the lids. So some of the place we just put in its proper place. Um, okay. And then a lot of it we got rid of, and then a lot of it we consolidated and we're still kind of in a slower process of like getting rid of the duplicates that we have of stuff. But in general, like everything's consolidated. Like I rearranged this room and this room was like, it had two containers that had nothing, like two huge shelving storage units that had nothing in them. Like the space was not being efficiently used. Oh, and so wow. What used to be my office we turned into the art room for the whole family and it's my husband's office in the art room. And so the kids have like side-by-side -side computers. We like put side-by-side -side computers so that they can um, practice their coding. And the whole back wall is all just art space. And we consolidated all the art space and got rid of all the markers that didn't work and all like, like just everything got cleared out in that respect. That's a really freeing feeling when you get down to like the not working markers. I really is. It's incredible. Right. And just to be like, Hey, all the markers are in this box, like open up this box and you can find everything, you know, or going in, like I've just used everything so much. Like everything has a really beautiful place now in that art room. Um, and the kids do the slime in there. So they don't do it in the kitchen because that, that room also has tiles. So like, it's just, it's a really amazing experience. And, and, you know, I really enjoy it too, because I did a lot of cures with mirrors. Um, that's something that I learned in my feng shui training. So like an example of that is that I, uh, I, there's a corner of my house, which is representative of the wealth qua. It's like the wealth sector and it's not closed in. It's like not a part of the house. It's like a deck. And I, so I put a, a cure. I basically had a mirror facing inward so that we can reflect the energy of the wealth gua so that the 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 energy is is like present in the house as opposed to like imagine like you know somebody ate a chunk out of that corner before it had the cure in there and then like once you kind of make it a part of the house then it's like it's still there even if you don't have to like you don't have to actually reconstruct the house to represent the missing spaces you can just like put in cures that help represent the missing spaces so that's just and then in my success guas i've put stuff for the podcast I've put stuff for the podcast and then I've also put my college diploma up and like headshots of my mom up are all. And then like all the kind of goals I have for like, what is going to happen in my year. I put that up in the six or in not my year, but just life are up in my success squad. So um, it's really beautiful. Have Very you done cool. anything, Anna? I plan to do the whole thing actually, but I just haven't gotten there yet. But in my Southeast corner in my office is my success squad. And I've, put together this morning at 7 a.m. Uh, an end table with a globe on it, as Marie Diamond suggested to represent, you know, the podcast getting more traction globally. And it looks really pretty and it just feels good that it's there. And then in my bedroom, 
And then in my bedroom, it's funny because I was aware of like certain images that you should have in your bedroom, like how there should be a partnership. There should always be room in the bedroom for both. So like two coffee tables and like two of everything because it's supposed to represent love. So the art on our wall is either the ketubah, which is like this marriage contract in Judaism. And then, um, or it was pictures of these two tango dancers, which was really beautiful and like sexy and partnership stuff. Well, the, the, the pain, the, picture of the tango dancers in one of the frames the tango dancer picture has fallen off and behind it revealed an image of monkeys and it was really funny because I realized that this picture fell off a few years ago right around the time that my kids started insisting on sleeping in our room again oh my gosh like, like little monkeys in the room well it's just funny so I haven't been strict about it because I've just kind of very blase about sleep boundaries, but, um, anyways, I'm going to put the picture of the tango dancers back up. Are you going to then do anything with your kids about reinforcing a boundary? No, because my son completes my, what is it called again? You're, he, he completes your circuitry. He According to human design, cage. he's like the perfect person to sleep with. And so when we cuddle, it's just like perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been, my daughter's been coming into the room a lot and it's hard for me. We like have started whispering about dreams and like when we both wake up in the morning, it's usually before my husband and we whisper about dreams or about things that happen. And it's just, it's really interesting because my daughter's um, intuitive abilities have just kind of started to skyrocket. Um, and uh like the other day we were as multiple up. psychics have warned you would happen yeah, or exactly. not warned, but um, prepared you. Yeah, exactly. The other day we were walking down the street and my daughter was like, there's somebody standing next to me right now, like walking down the street with us. And I was like, can you tell if they're, I, I didn't ask much about it. I was like, why don't you just switch positions with me? And I was like, can you tell, are they now on my right side? Um, Cause they were like on her right side going down the street. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, it's okay. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start to talk to her about like, does it feel like it's a good person or does it feel like it's a ghost? Because a lot of their association is like everything's a ghost. And I'm like, I just want to expand your your kind of context for the fact that it could be just a guide. And that's the that's the impression that I got of what was walking next to her was just because it was really, really, really tall um, when she pointed it out to me. And I was like, that's a guide. Like, they're just really tall beings and they just want to walk down the street with you. Like, it's all good. So hilarious okay mm -hmm. before we go just one more thing so i watched a really good show on netflix called the society of snow okay Have you heard of it i did right isn't it like about a plane crash or something yeah it's about the uruguayan rugby team that crashed in the andes do you remember that it happened in 1972 yeah yeah um it was something like 40 people crashed 33 originally survived but then by the end of the 72 days, only 16 were living because of avalanches and wow. just crazy stuff. But if you remember, do you remember there was a movie just like it called Alive? Yes. So, okay. So I was like, I'm not going to bother watching this movie because I've already seen Alive and I already know what happens. And like, it's, it can't be much different. It was so much better. It was What's such that? a beautiful, like cinematography was beautiful. It was done in the original Uruguayan Spanish. Yeah. So you get that, the, the, the accurate language and the accurate accent. And 
they talk more about like the spirituality of this, of having to resort to cannibalism. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I just thought it was really, really well done. Really, really beautiful. Yeah. And, um, yeah, That's it's not for kids, but I, I recommend it. It was good. That's really interesting. And I really appreciate that. Right. Cause I feel like we, we kind of look at those things oftentimes as these sensational, you know, kind of sensationalize them and, and without recognizing that they are actually, they can be deeply transformational experiences, even if they're for the worst, obviously, but like that there's a deeper level to it. That's, that sounds really beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it's heart like the, by the end, you're just like heartbroken for them all, but like, it's just beautiful too. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I will, yeah. I will see if I can check it out. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to do that because of my uh, undefined spleen and human design. It makes me feel like, uh, like I'll be afraid of plane flights, but um, I will definitely oh, try to do that. Yeah. But you're not flying to the Andes anytime soon. I mean, this That's was true. like, this was like. Yeah. I mean, if you crash anywhere, you're going to be okay, pretty much. Or dead. <laughs> or dead. <laughs> but, dead. But like, you're not going to end up on the top of a mountain in the ice cold for 72 days. And that's true. Especially because you'd hope that they would find them. In okay, that. which totally, totally sidetracking. The movie kind of, in some ways, also reminded me of how people hike Mount Everest. And there's mm -hmm. like 350 bodies up there that they can't bring down because it, it exhausts too much oxygen to even climb up there. So to like the, the additional expenditure of energy and oxygen required to bring down the bodies is too much. So apparently there are like 350 bodies up there. And like one is like, they're, they become um, like landmarks. They're like, milestones, you turn yeah, yeah. milestones. You're like, you turn left at the orange jacket cadaver and I became, Whatever. I got trapped down that it's rabbit crazy. hole probably like Me too. in the last season, maybe it was like a year ago or nine months ago. And I literally could not stop watching these things of like people falling down the mountain and dying. Um, and then I got oh down into half dome. Like I, I saw people dying on it. I, it goes down a whole rabbit hole, but I agree. It's, it's one of those things where you're just like, I mean, I think it's probably, I would like to think that it's a blip that us trying to this individualistic idea that like you have to accomplish something in order to not disappear in order to, to have some sort of renown or prove to yourself that you're worthy. Like, I would like to think that that's a blip in our, in our, and that, and that something is going to shift to allow people to love themselves and allow people to recognize that like they are not measured by their accomplishments and that, you know, and that, you know, being memorialized, you know, with the possibility of being a frozen cadaver on a mountain that is actually quite sacred and, you know, is, is maybe not the thing, right? It's, Wait, it's, so you think it's a lack of self-esteem that people climb it? I, I think that there's a lot of people who are wanting to prove something like why else do people do stuff that nobody else has done to prove to themselves that they can do it. Right. Yeah. But what's wrong with that? Like what's wrong with running a marathon, say? to prove to yourself you can run a marathon. Don't worry. I have no desire, by the way, to climb Mount Everest. I'm no, just, no. What I'm, I'm just, saying I'm just... is that there's a line in which like a marathon doesn't risk harming or risking other people's lives in order for you to prove that you can do something. And you see what I'm okay. saying? Like, like that's, that's uh -huh. my point. My point is that like, like you don't, 
risk other people's lives by being in a marathon. Right. And it's like, if, if you think that like a marathon may be exactly what you need to do, like there's so many other life affirming experiences that you can have that don't put Sherpa, like anybody from the Sherpa family, like lineage and the people who are the porters on the, on the mountain. And they don't put other people like at risk and they don't litter a place with you know, to try and like get in line. I mean, like I've been, Bodies. Uh, yeah, I've That's been on one elite. of those passes in the Himalayas, man. And it is a fucking, it is terrifying in many, many ways because you are, it is pitch dark. It is freezing cold. You are just putting one foot in front of the other, trying to keep on this tiny little narrow path. Like so many people on it, you're just single file. You cannot go any faster. And then there are some people who are trying to push past everybody else to go faster and they're risking everybody's lives to do it. And like, I don't know, there's just like a part of me that's just that, you know, like even in that situation, I just feel like it's like, what is it, you know, like, what is it inside of us that mean, like, to me, that's, that's, that's this experience of, and, and this is, I've called it this before is like so much of our avoidant tactics and so much of our individualistic nature put us up to the top of the mountain. And it's like, great, you're up at the top of the mountain, but guess what? All the life is in the valley right? Like community in life sits in the valley of mountain ranges, not on the tops of them. And for me, you know, I, I strive and I want to experience that, even though my gate to speak of human design is that I will probably never have the community support, but my desire is to experience that or to at least foster that for other people is to have this community support so that everyone can experience life in the valley so that they don't have to feel like they're completely alone in this world. But don't you feel like that's a very feminine desire? I feel like it's a very masculine desire to climb to the top. And it's a very feminine desire to have community. And and I don't think one's worse than the other. I think that we have a general imbalance going on right now in which we have an overabundance of masculine energy. And what I'm saying is as a collective, I think that we need more of a feminine balance. I think that we need more community and that we need more connections between like, like yeah, everybody's totally. a tree, everybody's a tree, but can we remember we're the forest? Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Like at this point in life, in our, in our societal, anthropological, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, there was definitely a time. Yeah. There was, sorry to interrupt. There was definitely a time yeah. when there was probably too much community and, and we needed individuals to come forth to prove that things were possible, whether it was Roger Banner or uh, Sir Edmund Hillary or whomever. Right. But now that those have been accomplished, like, what is it that people are doing in that respect? And how are we actually getting back to and oscillating, having the pendulum swing back towards community? Right, 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 right. Well, and and just so you know, the movie is not about that. <laughs> We're talking about Mount Everest. <laughs> okay. Different nice. thing. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, well, Anna. Thanks for that. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. 
This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it. And all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.